You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the role of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes, how they got started in their game, and, of course, where they are now. So... What is happening, everybody? As always, I'm so happy to be here today. Today's a great day, man. Um, It's not super sunny outside, but I still feel good. I don't know. It's just one of those days that I woke up and the first thing that I felt was just goodness and happiness. And I hope you guys are having a great day as well. And also, man, there's so many great things happening in the world of combat sports right now. I'm sure you guys already caught up with your MMA over this past weekend on Saturday because UFC 241 took place in Anaheim, California. And (laughs) so many great fights were featured on that whole main card, man. And today, you guessed it right, we're going to be reminiscing just a little bit about some of the main fights that took place on that card. Uh, There were some surprises and um, so many excitement, man. So today we're going to be talking about that fight card. And I'm going to tell you guys some bad news because unfortunately, this upcoming weekend, we are not going to be having any fight cards coming up, which is really sad. And I already notified you guys a few weeks back that there's going to be very few weekends that we're not going to be having any type of fights coming up at all, which is really sad. But again, do not despair because this is because most of the great fights are going to be featured on some of the other main cards that are going to be happening a few weeks after or rather the week after because if you check the UFC schedule, you'll see that they will, they will be having an event in China on August 31st and of course the next pay-per-view card for UFC will be UFC 242 which is going to be headlined by a great great fight a great lightweight championship fight between the one and only the eagle Khabib Nurmagomedov who will be making his comeback against the interim lightweight champion at the UFC the one and only Dustin Poirier. Okay, so that fight is coming up soon, uh, whether you like it or not. And it is going to be really, really exciting. I honestly cannot wait. That fight is going to be happening on September 7th. And for most of you guys listening to this right now, especially if you are from Guelph and nearby regions, I bet you are a university student out there. So you get the struggle because when I say September 7th, that means school has already started. But do not despair because um, it will only be a few days after school has started. So I bet you won't have a lot of homework or projects to work on. So you can easily and, uh, you know, smoothly enjoy this uh, upcoming fight card, UFC 242. So that's definitely something that I'm personally looking forward to. And I hope you guys are also looking forward to it as well. So that is pretty much what we have coming up for the next three to four weeks um yeah you bet we're going to be definitely breaking down those fights that are happening on those main cards and in terms of other combat sports there's honestly nothing else coming up which is really really sad because 
when you think about it, for the past few years, especially in September, if you remember, we had so many important fights happening in September, including the uh, Canelo Alvarez versus um, Gennady Golovkin fights. Um, the the two fights that the two guys have had, they mostly took place in September, beginning of September. But unfortunately, this upcoming September. We're not going to be having any sort of important, at least boxing fight that will be taking place. Sad. And uh, it, it really does break my heart personally because I feel like boxing was just on the rise to, you know, getting back to its glory days. And now I feel like it's just getting static again unfortunately and i wish the promoters think of a solution because we the fans out here who doesn't like to see fights and i just hope they uh think of something at least have the the superstars like like superstar boxers people like canelo alvarez triple g floyd mayweather i don't care manny pacquiao whoever it is i just hope they assign them a fights so that they get to fight and the fans get to see their fights and get to enjoy them so, yeah, that's my um, advice to all those promoters out there in case they're listening to this episode right now. Uh, I doubt it, but still, uh, I, I had to make my plug, man. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, there's that. Uh, but pretty much, like I said, there's a lot going on in terms of MMA, but boxing, not so much, unfortunately. But that is totally okay. We are um, going to be having a blast breaking down those uh, fights that I just promised you guys. Oh, what else, man? Uh, let's talk about, uh, yeah, I, oh, actually, so many updates in terms of um, some of the rumors and gossips that have been um, uh, floating around in the world of combat sports have been um, talked about, actually, over this past week. And we're going to be um, pointing out a few uh, today on the show. So now, without further ado, let's get started with those first. Okay, what are, what are we waiting for? Let's get started. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So the first uh, topic that I want to talk about today is so (laughs) this is interesting because Floyd Mayweather once again made news. uh, He called out Manny Pacquiao. Surprise, surprise. So you guys already know Manny Pacquiao fought over a month ago and he was actually really successful in this fight. He won that fight against Sam. Keith Thurman, we already talked about it here on the show, because Manny Pacquiao, uh, for, for his whole career, he, he's definitely had his own ups and downs, but unfortunately, he has always been overshadowed by other superstar boxers, people like Floyd Money Mayweather, and um, he never really got to the point, to the level in the superstardom that he really deserved to get to. But now things are definitely turning into his own advantage and um, he is starting to get a chance to shine once again in the world of boxing. And Floyd Money Mayweather is <laughs> using this opportunity to, to turn all the attention to himself again because you guys might recall Floyd Money Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao fought back in, I think it was 2015. It was one of the most talked about fights in the world of boxing and just combat sports overall. Uh, but unfortunately, it was such a disappointment because none of the guys delivered. We all know how Floyd Money Mayweather fights. He's such a defensive fighter. He never really goes for that knockout. He doesn't like to take risks in his fights and likes to play it safe so that he hits people and doesn't get hit in return. And that is honestly a very smart strategy. But but in terms of selling pay-per-views and entertaining the fans, especially casual fans, 
it's not working at all. So that that was a way that Floyd Money Mayweather fought that fight against Manny Pacquiao. And Manny Pacquiao, unfortunately, he just couldn't deliver that night. Although, like I said, he's a very, very potent and uh, talented fighter. He's a legend, honestly, in the world of boxing. But unfortunately, on that night, he couldn't deliver. So that was the first fight that took place between Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. But now, like I said, Manny Pacquiao just recently won a fight. And Floyd Mayweather is calling him out again saying that he wants a rematch against him and drum roll please he wants to fight him in saudi arabia and we just had this conversation on our episode last week because we also said that um there will be potentially a heavyweight championship bout um happening in saudi arabia between uh, the former champion the former heavyweight champion anthony joshua and the current heavyweight champion in boxing um andy ruiz jr so their fight is supposed to be happening in Saudi Arabia. And now Floyd Mayweather is saying that he wants to fight Manny Pacquiao in Saudi Arabia as well. So listen, if we get to have these two bouts happening on the same nights together in the same arena, do you have any idea how much? First of all, of course, the arena is going to be sold out, period, right? And we're also talking about so many bets that are going to be placed on everybody. The amount of money that is going to be made off of this whole fight card, if it does take place together, if we place Floyd Manny Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao and Andy Ruiz Jr. versus Anthony Joshua, if we place all of these fights together, all together in one night, do you have any idea about how much money is going to be made by the promoters and the fighters and everybody involved in the promotions at like it's just out of this world it's blowing my mind because the last time Floyd Mayweather fought he himself personally he got 300 million dollars and that's just the fighter himself okay and now we're going to be having four superstars fighting off the same night just imagine how much money is going to be made and how much money the fighters are going to be paid on that night. And again, I'm just putting this out there because if I'm thinking about this, I promise you I'm not the only one who's thinking about this. I bet a whole bunch of other fans out there are thinking about this and bringing this up. Man, if this happens, then I'll be so, so happy It'll be the best night of my life. So I really hope the promoters, promoters uh, like um, Oscar De La Hoya, who I think is um, Angie Ruiz as junior, and um, Anthony Joshua's promoter, Eddie Hearns. And I hope Floyd Mayweather too, because he's his own promoter. I hope he also pays attention to this fact and uh, considers all factors in terms of business, marketing, and the fight itself. And thinks about all the money that can be made after after having those two fights have happening on the same night so i hope the promoters actually do consider this and just honestly they just do it for the fans if that happens it will be the best thing in the history of combat sports ever so i really hope they do pay attention to that and like i said if i'm telling you guys about this that means someone else has already thought about it i bet i cannot be the only one who's uh, who has this idea so i really hope they do at least just consider it because it'll be phenomenal. So yeah, that's my suggestion for the promoters. And if it does take place, man, it's just out of this world. 
So that was the main uh, <laughs> rumor that I wanted to address today because it honestly, when I read it, I was like, man, if it does take place, then it's just going to be crazy. And uh, yeah. Now, I want to burst your bubble because Manny Pacquiao came out saying that he wants none of the smoke and blah, blah, blah. He did a little bit of trash talking to Floyd Mayweather. And then Floyd Manny Mayweather, I think he came out to TMZ, started to burst your bubble. And he said that he does not want any part of Manny Pacquiao. And he said that the video that came out by him, him saying that he wanted to call out Manny Pacquiao is fake. And that he does not want to have a rematch against Manny Pacquiao. But that is, man, in my opinion, that's just nonsense. Because when when there's evidence of him in video saying all those things to Manny Pacquiao, then you obviously said it. There's no point in denying what you said. It is already out there. You already made your points. And I just feel like he's kind of like getting intimidated at this point. But... I'm sure when, if the, listen, if the money is right, then Floyd Money Mayweather would do anything. And I hope it honestly does happen, especially if it happens on the same night in Saudi Arabia with the bouts uh, between Andy Ruiz Jr. and um, Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua happening at the same time. It would be great. So, yes, that is my 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 wish for Christmas to the um, combat sports gods out there. So, please, please. Please listen to my request. That's all I have to say. Anyway, I talked a lot about that for some reason, but oh well. So let's talk about UFC 241, guys. This past weekend, it happened in Anaheim, California. Man, it was crazy. Because we had Stephen Miocic fighting off against Daniel Cormier. The heavyweight fight that everybody had been looking forward to because the two hadn't fought uh, at all in, in about more than a year and the last fight that the two had had was against each other. The first time that the two had fought each other in their first match. So this was a rematch between Stephen Miocic and Daniel Cormier for the heavyweight championship um, of the world. Of course, both guys come in. They're looking confident, super, super confident. And um, Danny Cormier starts off super strong because he's trying to get close to Sipin Miocic as much as possible because he knows that if he gets farther away from Sipin Miocic, then Sipin can actually utilize his range and throw shots from a distance and his shots are actually going to be effective. And in return, Danny Cormier can't really do anything because he's standing so far away from Sipin. So even if he does try to do any sort of counter punches, then they're not going to be effective. So Danny Cormier stayed away from that bat strategy that I just told you about for the first few rounds, correct? So he wanted to close the distance, wanted to get close to him, as close to him as possible. And what he did that was really impressive was that when he got close to Sipa Miocic, he would almost um, get him in a clinch and then throw shots like short shots, like uppercuts, really heavy uppercuts and um, hooks or just finishing crosses so that he could deliver maximum power towards um, Stipe Miocic's chin. And a lot of times it worked because a lot of times Stipe Miocic was actually wobbled in the very first um, rounds. And honestly, I was seeing that and I was in so much... <laughs> agony honestly I was so angry with Steven Miocic in the beginning because this was what had happened in the first fights 
And when something like that happens to you in the first fight, you should learn your lesson and try to do something other than that. But the exact same thing was happening over and over to Sibi Miocic. Now, I don't know what happened after um, after the uh, two or three rounds, but Sibi Miocic got himself together. And then when the fourth round started, he started um, regaining his confidence. He remembered what he needed to do in order to win that fight against Daniel Cormier because, like I said, he needed to stay away from excuse me, Daniel Cormier in order to be uh, an effective fighter, an effective striker um, against Daniel Cormier. And that's exactly what he did. He was throwing his shots and then out of nowhere, he gets super close to Danny Cormier and throws short shots. And of course, when a heavyweight is throwing short shots uh, towards you, there's a really high chance that you're going to get at least just knocked down, if not knocked out completely. And that is exactly what happened. And um, this is really interesting, but I'd like to make the comparison that what happened to Danny Cormier Saturday night was exactly what happened to Stephen Miocic over a year ago when the first two fought. Right, because it was a short shot and it was delivered at the right angle at the right time when that person had already been absorbing a lot of damage and couldn't really do anything. So it was just a finishing shot, right? So if if I have to describe it as a video game, it is that one shot that you know is going to end your opponent's um, <laughs> life bar. So that was it. That was exactly it. And Stephen Miocic did it in fourth round, and he delivered that short shot, and Daniel Cormier was knocked out cold to the canvas. And that's all she wrote, man. Stephen Miocic once again regained his heavyweight championship belt. But it was kind of sad because I feel like. If the two wanted, they could have fought a better fight, a more technical fight, I believe, because, it's, listen, Danny Cormier is a very potent wrestler. He's an Olympic wrestler. That is his forte. And actually, that reminds me of this moment that he had in this fight. He picked up Stephen Miocic from the ground, and then he, he almost had this... Um, WWE moments in the octagon because he picked him up and then he slammed him so hard to the canvas and that was really that was really beautiful to watch but listen wrestling is good and all those moves that you're showing off they're they're cool and all but is it really effective to to disable your opponent in a fight in a five round fight well I don't really think so it's not about showcasing your skills or your acrobatic skills or what have you it's all about how smart you fight in a in a certain fight how uh, what strategy you come into the fight with you're a wrestler you need to do small even the smallest things you do as a wrestler it makes a difference you need to constantly go for those takedowns if you see that you're getting um over over dominated by your opponent through striking you need to go for those takedowns try to neutralize what your opponent is doing to you and I feel like Daniel Cormier could have done that but unfortunately he just couldn't he didn't really have the chance to he should have totally gone for that but ah, it really does break my heart because I'm sure he could have totally done it but he just didn't and yeah unfortunately that is how things ended for Danny Cormier and uh, what also breaks my heart is that Danny Cormier later came out saying that he was actually considering retirement after that fight which I think he shouldn't really 
Because yes, it is a loss. It is a loss that he has on his professional career. And um, his record has been, fortunately or unfortunately, has always been so perfect. And his only weakness, his, uh, his Achilles heel has always been John Jones. And that was all what we all thought was his weakness. But unfortunately, he was somewhat exposed by Stephen Miocic on that night. So that also broke his heart as well. So it's just really, really lowered his confidence and his self-esteem. But listen, I feel like he shouldn't really make a decision right now. He should spend some time with his family and just try to make the best decision after talking to everybody that um, cares about him. He should talk to his coaches and his family and see what is best for him, what's the next best move for him especially because he is, um, I think he is 40 years old as of now. And uh, I feel like he can totally keep fighting, but he just needs to have the right strategy of fighting in his fights. That's all. If you go into your fights and try to fight like a maniac, that is not going to work for you. You are going to be finished right away. And there's no point. The whole point of fighting, especially fighting MMA or just any sort of combat sports, is to have the right strategy. It's like playing chess with your body. But you just have to think smart and you have to think right away. That's the whole point of fighting. It is a very smart... Um, how do I say it? It's it's not like any other sport that you play. You have to know what you're doing. You have to be aware of what you're doing and you need to come in with a really good strategy and game plan. That's all I have to say about that. So congratulations to Tsipa Miocic and also um, shout out to Danny Cormier. He is indeed the people's champ and we'll always uh, respect him as the champ champ that he has always been um, in the UFC history um, and the whole course of um, his MMA career he's been a great guy um, a great commentator and even if he does decide to retire then we will love you DC that's all I have to say about that now moving on to the co-main event of the evening I really want to talk about the great fight that took place between Nate Diaz and Anthony Pettis so unfortunately last week I remember we didn't really have a lot of time to break down this fight but this fight was really, really interesting because uh, we didn't know who was going to win this fight because I'm, I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, but both of these guys, whenever they come into the fight, they have the same strategy or rather advantage, you could say, because both of their cardios are just so good. As a matter of fact, I know Nate Diaz, he's a triathlon person. He does triathlons with his brother, Nick Diaz, and also Anthony Pettis as well. Whenever I see him training in the gym, he always looks like he's in a great, great shape cardio-wise. So coming, in the coming into this fight, we didn't really expect a finish per se. We almost expected that it was going to go the full distance and that it was going to be a decision for either one of these guys uh, you know overall because it was just going to be a very close fight and like I said their styles are really really similar they're both brawlers and they don't really give up <laughs> that's the whole point of it so that's why this fight was really really exciting and then it indeed was a really exciting fight because 
Nate Diaz, he never stopped throwing shots. And I think that's what threw off Anthony Pettis because he couldn't really find any sort of openings at all for the whole length of the fight. Because I feel like if even if he did see a, a tiny opening, he could have used it and done something super creative, which is what he tends to do in his fights because he does unexpected things at unexpected times. So I feel like he was just waiting on that moment. And unfortunately... He couldn't find any because Nate Diaz was just bombarding him with a great volume of shots and didn't even let him to breathe. That that was the whole thing. And uh, as you guys know, he won that fight through decision because he kept up the volume and he never really stopped. And that was his key to success. And it was very, very, um, it was a very um, smart move because that's what he does best. So that's exactly what he did in this fight. No exception. And what was really interesting was that when the fight ended and he was being interviewed by Joe Rogan, Nate Diaz called out my favorite fighter in the UFC roster right now, I would say. He called out Jorge Masvidal. And my goodness, if this fight between Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal actually does take place, because both of these guys look like they actually want to fight each other, it will be one of the most entertaining fights of all time, at least in the welterweight division, because both guys are trash talkers and they are brawlers. So you know it's going to be good if you have Jorge Masvidal fighting Nate Diaz. And uh, Dana White knows it too, so he's definitely going to make it happen, y'all. So yeah, do not despair. It'll be happening soon. And I think Nate Diaz said that he's ready to fight like even next month or something. Like I think he said he wants to fight in the, on the September card. But we'll see what happens because it looks like Nate Diaz is back and Jorge Masvidal is always hungry for something more. So uh, please, Dana White, just make it happen. Everybody will love you for that. And I'm actually pretty certain that it will happen because both guys want it, the fans want it, and the promoters, of course, want it as well. So there you have that. Uh, That was a great fight between um, Nate Diaz and Anthony Pettis. And of course, uh, we we had Yoel Romero fighting off Paulo Costa from Brazil, man. And that fight was great because it felt like Yoel Romero was just fighting a younger version of himself. Both guys are so muscular, so bulky, and so shredded at the same time, if that all makes sense. Just put them all together. That is both of these guys. Um, it was a great fight. It was a super close fight. It could have gone either way. A lot of people were saying that the fight should have gone to Yoel Romero because even though Yoel Romero, Yoel Romero started off kind of slow, but he picked up the pace and uh, was actually throwing a lot of effective shots towards uh, Paul Costa, And he even took him down a few times, which must have been counted towards his um, uh, octagon control, I would say, but it wasn't really. But Paulo Costa's um, shots apparently were more effective in the eyes of the judges. And honestly, I feel like Dana White said it best because it was one of those fights that if the decision had gone either way, you wouldn't be super shocked. But if it were me, if I had to keep it super fair, then I would have given this fight a draw and let the fighters fight it once again for a rematch because that's how great and close of a fight it was between Yoel Romero and Paulo Costa. But overall, UFC 241 was a blast. And I hope you guys had a great time watching it because I surely did. And uh, man, 
even talking about it right now, about like a few days after it took place, still makes me super hyped up about all the fights that took place. But yeah, man, unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to have for this week. Uh, man, you already know. Make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with our previous episodes. And you can also go to SoundCloud and iTunes to catch up with our previous episodes as well. And until next time, it's your girl, Jenna, right here. And this is TKO. Peace out.